Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today, we're joined by Shola Jagaday, who has experience in sales operations at Microsoft. So these are two like insanely awesome brand names that I'd love to dig into more detail. So Shola, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. No worries. And so let's let's kick off. I, I think, and I'm not 100% sure, that you kind of moved into sales ops at Microsoft. So A, is that correct? And then B, why did you make that move? Um, yes, that's correct. I my first my first sales operations role was at um, Microsoft, and the move was I'd worked. It came from a what? How do we bring business and data together? That's always been a driver path from being a computer science graduate graduate um, for my first degree, and so I did that um, as a second degree, wanting to find a silver bullet. Um, I didn't. <laughs> And um, it's been uh, it's been one it's been a journey. I think it's the way to put it. It's not. I still haven't found the silver bullet yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not still yet, optimistic. But, uh, but um, the the role of working from being a business analyst, um, getting customer requirements, helping business with um, customer profiling, it led me into um, sales of excellence, as it is called. It was called or still called at um, Microsoft, um, but it is um, sales operations. And I got there and really fell in love with what you could do from an operations perspective, how you could um, mold the business and um, support the sales team. I worked in marketing as well, so still taking, again, the operations element and using data to do all that was just intriguing for me and still is exciting today. Amazing. So let's talk about today. Obviously, Adobe are like a vast organization. Could you just break down like where, where you sit and which sales function you support? Okay, so within the um, product offerings that Adobe offers, um, we have the um, AEM solutions, which are more 
related with marketing and um, marketing solutions. And there is the sales um, organization, which is responsible for um, the document cloud and the creative cloud, as well as the stock and sign elements of the business. Within that, we have um, digital media, which is the big area of work. But then digital media is also split into the enterprise as well as the consumer business, which is the small and medium-sized business um, element of um, the B2B environment. Um, for us, I'm working for the consumer. Um, I, I support the consumer and sales organization, um, which is not the enterprise, so it's not the, but this is where we have the runways as well as the big deal element of our business. So um, supporting um, across document cloud and creative cloud. That's Makes sense. And roughly what is the size of the sales team that you're supporting it and how many people are there within your sales ops team? Um, within sales ops, our sales ops function is business performance. It's known as business performance. Uh, within that, we have about six sales operations manager. Um, in terms of the sales teams, there's just under 120. Um, but that is still broken further based on the solution offering because we're very solution driven in terms of our operating model. So um, the document cloud and the um, the creative cloud elements of the business is supported by I'm the primary sales operations manager in that in that space. Makes sense. And and if you could give a, a rough overview of the the tech stack you guys are currently operating, that would be awesome. Okay, so in terms of tech stack, we've got Salesforce. I think every 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 business is in that space. We've got Tableau, which is really great for gathering our insights. We've got the whole office stack as well because we're into the um, SharePoint flows, um, the forms, um, using that to drive the processes that support our sales teams. Um, we've got Power BI as well. So um, the full office stack, Salesforce and Tableau would be my summary of our tech stack. Awesome. Now, over the past few months, I assume you and the sales team have, have been more remote. What have been the, the core tra- challenges that you've that you've uh, have approached you since doing this? It has to be the fact that within our sales ops team, um, we've got a business operations lead who's um, my manager. He's he's got young parents, he's got young children, so parents of young children. But that seems to just trickle down. So when I look at the team, there's probably about four or five of us <laughs> who've got school age children, and it was working. During lockdown, that has mm. been interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, well, I, I can't actually imagine because I don't have kids, but I can. I have, like, I, I've spoken to people in the same situation. It seems quite stressful. It has been. It has been. But Adobe has been really, really supportive, and the team as a whole, um, we've all been very supportive in bearing each other together through it. And um, even now, with the kids going back into school, but. Um, you don't have the childcare um, necessities that we've always had. Um, we've had a very supportive team as well as Adobe being a very supportive company. So that's really, really helped us. 
um, to get through the most difficult months. I think we've just come out of it with kids just going back to school over the next week or two. Yeah. And then have there been any other, have you had to make any changes internally, so whether that's operationally, culturally, or technology-wise, to help reps sell more effectively? Um, We have had a realignment of our focus. So um, our big bets, of course, were challenged by the fact that we've had a bit of pandemic over the last several months. Um, So we've had to realign, refocus. Um, In terms of tech tech changes, we haven't had any, but it's more been a cultural and as well as our focus, um, making sure we we put our energies in the place where it gives the best return for us. Sure. And do you think that any of those changes would be would persist regardless of the virus, or do you think that when things go back to normal, if and when uh, your working style will just revert to what it was before? Oh, that will have to be a watch this space one because um, I think what we're learning from having this pandemic um, happen is it's changing the way businesses work. It's changing the way we think about things. It's it's fast-tracked a lot of digital transformation that we've been wanting to see for years. And with that happening, um, I think it's clear when you hear the feedback from customers or even from the sales teams that some of those changes will stay and some will evolve into something else that is um, applicable to what the world becomes when we get behind this, when we get yeah. this behind us. For sure, and have the um, have the targets or objectives for the reps changed over the past few months? Indeed, it has. It has. We've had to have a. Um, I think everything we've done in. Um, so we've literally just finished Q three. Um, Q three was a. We had to have a realignment from the plan we had at the beginning of the year to um, compensate um, for what's happened, and. We've also, those changes have also driven the right um, results for us as a business that has then meant um, we are now able to start to see the recovery and then charge them for Q4. Got it. And so now kind of honing in onto the sales forecast, how how has that been impacted? Like, or do, do you think you're, over the past few months, you've been accurately able to forecast the sales? Oh, there's definitely been challenges we've had. I think there's been more surprises. Um, good surprises. Good surprises, um, actually, because um, I think the first thing with the pandemic was a lot of salespeople became very, very cautious, as you would expect. Um, but we have seen businesses making um, a quicker recovery and um, better recovery than we could have um, envisaged at the beginning. So I think that is definitely spurring us on that the business for business around the world, um, things are going in the right direction. Sure, and that has helped to uh, help us. Yeah. What is the just uh, out of interest? What is like the typical forecasting process for your business unit in in Adderbury, in in Adobe? And is that like you as a sales ops manager, is that your process? Are you responsible for it or how does that work? Um, I do have 
I own the process in terms of the day-to-day, but um, it's not a one-man business. So I have a couple of colleagues who work on um, uh, an exponential modeling and smoothing model that helps us to build the run rate element. Um, I am responsible for defining what that is, what what to run rate, what's big deal, based on the historical patterns we've seen in our data. And then for the needle movers, which we will call deals, um, that we micromanage as we will a regular deal. Um, but it is, yes, it's a, it's a team effort on that one. Sure. And then moving on to, um, well, actually, on that. So you are, you are going back through the historical data to see and then to use that to inform the future forecast. And, and that's something that you do personally. That's the, yes, that's the starting process. But as you can imagine, um, the last two quarters has been like no other that we've ever seen. So we've had to go, okay, what are the customers saying? What are you hearing? Having to take the feedback of the sales team and use that to adjust and teach the model of a new normal in terms of our forecasting. Yeah, exactly. So like previously, you could look back at like the last five years of data and yeah, they would obviously there'd be some nuances, but largely it would be re- reliable. But then you were trying to do this over the last two courses, say, and the data was just crazy. So that, that was a challenge. That was no, indeed right. a challenge. And um, we've also made business, we've made business decisions that also influenced that. So, for instance, um, a couple of months ago, Adobe extended the renewal window for customers, and that impacts every other thing downstream, whether that's retention, whether that's a new business that comes as a result of um, the renewal. So a lot of that we've had to go, what are we hearing? What changes did we implement? When does that change end? When do we expect we'll still have a trickle effect of that change we made? And so it's been a on your toes, what are we learning day by day? And that is changing. Yeah. Wow. Sounds complex. Um, moving on to, to metrics, can you share a, like a sales KPI metric that you think is super valuable at the moment? Um, aside from ERR, which is the grill for me, <laughs> um, annual recurring revenue is definitely what every business um, looks at. But um, I do like leading indicators like deal registration radio, um, ratios, um, what's conversion rate. I like um, Can you, metrics. Sorry to, to jump yeah. in. Um, deal registration ratio. Could you just break that down? Because I don't believe I'm familiar with, with that one. Okay. So um, deal registration is the process where we get our external partners to um, log opportunities. And that's um, off the fact of, uh, off the back of quotes that's been given to customers. So that's the first leading indicator for us as a business that things are slowing down, picking up or just flat. Got it. Okay. So your partners would be kind of registering less potential deals and therefore yes. you know that in six months that might impact the, the pipeline or maybe the sooner pipeline. than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those are some of the, um, with our partners, um, the expectation is once you've sent out a quote, you've logged a deal because there's a possibility that it will close. We then have conversion of that, which is of the quotes you've sent, how many of, of you sent out as a partner, how many does become an opportunity? And then how do we do? 
So all those is that it's a very long way off, but it's a leading indicator of what happens to us in the future. Sure. Awesome. And have, have any of these, obviously those metrics have been changing, but have you been looking at any, any other kind of metrics over the past few months? Um, we've been looking at ARPA as well because um, the fact that we are in this economic situation worldwide means that um, customers have become much more conscious of spend and cost savings. So, But as a business as well, we also need to look at, um, we want to do the right thing by our customers as well as by ourselves. So ARPA is a really important metric for us and where we're having to do a lot of variance analysis on our ARPUs to make sure we're doing the right thing for us as a business, but then still giving our um, our customers the best price to get the service that they get from us. Sure. Amazing. Well, that, that was a bit of a deep dive into a into a pretty big organization on how this all this stuff works. It actually fascinates me how um, much the role can change based on size of organization. Because I obviously I have interviewed some people where they are the only salesperson and they have like nine sales reps, and it's just almost a completely different conversation to that is compared to something like this where the organization is just significant. So it's, it is fascinating. Um, it is. But but let's um, let's finish off with the final two questions. And so the first one is: Who in your sales ops career has taught you the most? It has to be Juliet Lavery. She was my first sales ops manager. She was the head of sales excellence at Microsoft. And wow, she'd been at Microsoft for over three decades. And I learned a ridiculous amount from her, just from working closely with her. And I think I can't think of any other person I've learned so much from about sales operation. Um, in more recent times, Stuart Gill is um, the business performance and operations lead at Adobe. I I don't think I've learned any more any more from anyone about stakeholder management than I have from him. And so, um, a big thank you to those people in terms of my career. Amazing, so Stuart and Julia. We'll, we'll actually reach out and see if they're interested in coming on the show because of such because of your glowing review. Um, and then the, the final question is: maybe someone within sales ops who who you don't know that you would love to take for lunch. Oh, I didn't realize it had to be someone I did know. I thought about someone oh, yeah. I did know that I yeah. would still. Yeah. It, it could be e- either someone that you do or, or that you don't. Okay, brilliant. It was someone I know. It's someone I do know. Um, I don't work with him very much um, at the moment, but um, Ian Tumble, he's an international senior sales operations manager at Adobe. And I think he's been doing it for so long that the wealth of information that comes from him, you just think, yeah, he'd be a nice one to take out for lunch. And sorry, what was, I think I missed his name. Ian Tumble. Ian Tumble. Awesome. There we go. So three three big names in the world of sales ops for people to check out if they do um, if they do want other people to follow. But Shola, as I said, I think it was super interesting, like deep dive into the really the, the forecasting challenges of a, a massive organization. And so I, I I do think it's good that we provide these different uh, perspectives on sales ops to the audience 
Um, because historically, I think the the guests we've had come on have been from small organizations. So I'm really glad to bring you on. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Same here. Thank you very much for having me, Tom. And um, thank you for the interview on forecasting, I have to say. We're still learning. We haven't nailed it yet. It's not. It's never completely done. So, still work in progress. Another journey. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.